happens, what happens to the rest of the world? Coordinated strike forever! I fight the world, I fight you, I fight myself I fight God, just tell me how many burdens left I fight pain and hurricanes, today I wept I'm trying to fight back tears, flood on my doorsteps I'm still marveling at this edition of Coordinated Strike As always, I'm your host, Joe We are still in faction breakdown mode And allegiance breakdown mode And this is the Abyssinian episode of Coordinated Strike I'm going to go ahead and just marvel at this while we go ahead and take a look at the denizens of Ethiopia, the dark continent, those that have kept themselves completely pure and free, the Abyssinian Empire. So for those that don't know the lore, uh, Abyssinia in this world was a kingdom that was able to keep itself uh, totally separate from the colonization of the uh, the uh, European expansion and uh, colonization of Africa. And in the Malifaux universe, uh, this is continued, and the reason that they were able to do it in this particular world is a Soulstone uh, portal opened up. So they were able to get over to Malifaux, gather Soulstones prior to, probably 200 years prior to anyone else being able to do it, uh, found what it was and created advanced technologies and magics around them to the point where their magic and technology are virtually synonymous. So they are the advanced faction within the game, and this is shown out in their rules. Uh, they play a highly elite style, so if you are uh, someone that likes to play elite-style armies, um, sort of the, the traditional brick, the armor brick, uh, they're going to play a bit of a rift on that. Uh, they can do some other things as well, so don't get caught up in that fact. But they're going to definitely play into the, I want to play an elite-style army. Uh, I want my uh, my units to be a little bit better than everybody else's. I'm going to pay a premium for that. But they're going to be able to do some things that other units just can't do and, and hold up a little better uh, for their price. So that's what we have definitely in Abyssinia. And the box set kind of gets right off and running with it. So the Allegiance box is where we're going to go ahead and start in this particular faction breakdown. So I want you to get sit back, strap in, and get ready for this Abyssinian edition of Coordinated Strike. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. All right, so the Abyssinian Allegiance box set is going to give you, again, four units. So this is definitely a theme. Uh, in this one, you're going to get the Abyssinian commander, Prince Unathi. You're going to get two units of Mahal Safari. And you're going to get one unit of Crow Runners. So let's go ahead and break these down as we did in the previous review. So Prince Unathi is an incredibly versatile uh, and incredibly powerful commander for Abyssinia. He is really key to sort of understanding the faction and goes quite a long way into teaching you all of its secrets. So let's run down Prince Unathi. Uh, he's a speed 7 commander, 25 script. He has defense 6. He has 8 willpower, 7 armor on his regular side. He's a 40 millimeter commander and champion. Uh, he has tactics of 2. So when he activates, you're going to generate 2 tactics tokens. 
he has a range attack, poison rocket, active value 6 for his defense, range 12, strength 2 area attack, with a margin value 4 poison cloud, where you create 120mm concealing low, hazardous 3 terrain piece, and base contact with the target. Uh, he has two, count them, two morale actions. One is field test. It's a 6 versus a 10 target number, 8 inch range. Target fire team takes an action printed on one of its prototype, one of its attached prototype assets, then draw a card, and he can also call for reinforcements. Uh, again, another morale action. Uh, six versus twelve. Again, a ranged eight. Target friendly squad with at least one fire team in range gains a reinforcement token. Uh, then, if we go over to his gloried side, his Stat line stays virtually the same. He gains one point of defense. He goes up from defense 6 to defense 7 on the glory side and willpower 8 to willpower 9 on the glory side. However, his armor is, remains unaffected and his speed remains unaffected uh, along with his tactics. He's going to be tactics 2 throughout. He is going to gain an additional trigger on a ram for his poison rocket. Potent formula immediately increase the strength of this action by plus 2. Uh, field test is going to work the same, although it's Acting value is going to go up to 8, uh, still with a target number of 10. And then call for reinforcements is going to go up to an acting value of 8 uh, versus a 12. Same thing. It's going to gain two uh, very important triggers, though. On a crow, it's going to gain it's dangerous to go alone, uh, which is target reinforces and moves up to 5 inches in any direction. Uh, and then also on a mask is they will be there soon. Target gains a reinforcement token. So... It has the ability to really buff out the crew in terms of handing out additional actions with field tests and getting additional reinforcement tokens, providing some additional movement and potentially some additional out-of-activation uh, reinforcing, uh, as well as some area control with his poison rocket if he can get in range to hit uh, an opposing enemy uh, and then get that cloud down is sort of the parts of his game. So the one thing I want to talk about a lot in the box set is the field test. So Abyssinia is a very different uh, allegiance in that one of the things that makes Abyssinia special is its prototypes. And so we're going to go through the allegiance card real quick because it's kind of critical to understand the allegiance card when you're talking about the context of Prince Unati's ability and what makes him truly powerful. So they have advanced prototypes, which is during scouting, you gain two prototype assets per friendly commander. So in a single box game, you're going to get, a single commander game, you're going to get two of these prototype assets. You may attach these assets to any Abyssinian unit in this company, ignoring the asset limit. So what this means is, on a squad, you can put it on a squad that you've taken an adjunct in. Very important, because the adjunct for Abyssinia is incredibly powerful, and we'll get to that a little later. Um... Additionally, they're going to be soulstone-powered, so when a friendly Abyssinia unit is killed, you get to draw a card. Uh, and they have the long game. This is an underrated ability that we're going to go into a little bit further when we talk about two-commander game, um, which is the long game. The activation phase cannot end while this company still has units left to activate, even if both players have passed. And then there's Driven by Genius. All Abyssinian units in this company gain the following triggers on all of their actions. On a Tome, you get to radio in enemy movements to draw a card. And then on a margin of 6, you gain Eureka, which is this unit flips to Glory. So they're going to get to Glory by primarily excelling in a combat action, or excelling in an action that they're taking. 
through the through the margin trigger of Eureka. Then they're also going to supplement their card draw through the tome trigger. So every tome that you have in your hand can potentially become an additional card. And Inathia unlocks a lot of different ways to do that. So the very simple one is field test. So field test says on a four plus before he glories, a friendly unit within eight can take a, an action printed on one of its prototype assets. Then you get to draw a card. So most of the prototypes, the rub on the prototypes is that you're going to need to discard a card in order to use it. But thankfully for you, Abyssinia has a lot of native card draw in that they have a trigger that is on every single one of their actions on a tome that lets them draw a card. And in Unafi's case, you get to discard a card, have the, or you get to have a unit take a prototype action, which will typically involve them discarding a card. And then at the end of that action, you're going to be able to draw a card into your hand. So pretty strong ability. So let's go over what you have in terms of your prototype assets, because I think it's important to see what you have to work with as we go through this box set. So first and foremost, you have the experimental rocket. It's a single prototype, maybe attached when hiring companies, it's versatile. Action of this card may only be taken once during unit's activation. A fire team in this unit may take an action listed on this card in addition to any other action it takes. Uh, and that is Experimental Rocket. It's a acting value 4 versus defense, 24-inch range, which is very important. This action may only be taken by discarding a card. It is a strength 4, and it has the piercing special rule. On a mask, it uh, gives you gives the target a shaken token with heavy payload. And then on a tome, it has the resounding success trigger, which allows this unit to go to glory. So prototypes also allow a way for your units to get to glory a little quicker if you're spending a tome on a successful hit. So that is definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, in, the, in the case of like the experimental rocket, additionally, there's the discus grenades. Um, same rule, you're going to discard a card in order to take the action. It is an acting value 6 versus speed, another ranged attack, 8-inch range, strength 3 area attack, and it has a, a couple of triggers again on tomes. It has bouncing bombs. If the original target was not killed by this action, you may cause a strength to hit to another fire team within 3 inches of the original target. The penetration flip may not be cheated. Uh, and then again, the presenting success trigger. If you have a titan, you can put on a chemical fogger. Uh, this action is a little unique in that it does not require the discarding of a card in order to use. Uh, it is, again, a ranged attack, 6 active value versus defense, 10 inch range, strength 1. If the target is in glory, you flip it from glory. Uh, it can generate a poison cloud on a margin of 3, and again, has the resounding success trigger. There's also oh, the flare gun. Uh, this you're going to discard a card for. It is a 36 inch range, active value 4, strength 2. The action ignores cover and does not require line of sight. And then again, on a tome, you're going to get to flip to a resounding success. There is a shock baton. This does not require a card to be discarded. It is taking a melee action. Uh, six inch range or six acting value versus defense, two inch range. In strength three, it is accurate, and the target is going to gain a shaken token. And then after killing an enemy champion, draw cards equal to 
the champion's tactics value plus one, minimum one card. A resounding success, this unit flips to glory again on a tome. And then there is a very interesting one, which is restriction is non-unique on this. And this is the active defense armor. So active defense armor, when a, unit this, when a fire team in this unit is targeted by another fire team's action, you may discard a card to make the opponent skip the modify step. Thus, they cannot use tokens or cheat fate. So the modify step is the entirety of the step where <coughs> you get to use your tactics tokens, use your uh, inspired and focused tokens, and cheat fate. So for a card, you're making the opponent give up quite a bit. Basically, you're, you're forcing them just to top deck and hope that they're able to get past your uh, often superior armor numbers. Now, your defenses are another thing. Your defenses aren't incredibly strong overall. So this is, this is a consideration if you're facing... Uh, if you're in a, a situation where you think Anathi is going to be up front quite a bit, uh, he's going to be vulnerable because he is only armor 7, this may be a good take uh, on him as one of your prototypes. But then you're not going to be getting as much at a field test if, if you uh, aren't taking uh, things where he can get the, the bonus actions out to his team with this particular ability. And then there's call for reinforcement. Call for reinforcement, I think, objectifies what Prince Unafi brings to the battlefield in that he is allowing you to get reinforcement tokens very easily on your highly elite units. And this is really critical because you can't afford to take um, attritional damage as well as some of your other uh, competing allegiances can because your stuff is just flat more expensive. I mean, it does more, but you are paying more per model in terms of the, the cost of the unit, than most of the other ones are uh, for, the, for the output that they're able to do. Um, so the next unit we're going to go ahead and, and go over a little bit is the Mahal Safari. And I think understanding how the Mahal Safari interact with your commanders as a whole and interact with the faction is utterly critical. So the Mahal Safari have a very interesting set of stats. They are speed 6, they are defense 5, willpower 6, and armor 8. That's right, armor 8 base. So they are incredibly resilient in compared to some of the other units in the game, really most of the other units in the game, uh, from just a base armor standpoint. Now, it's going to cost you 9 script for these guys. But you're getting quite a bit in this package, and that's that's just in the base stat line. You're getting speed 6, you're getting relatively okay defense 5, willpower 6 is very acceptable. The armor 8 is really the sale point from a base stat perspective. And to kind of give you the idea of it, uh, strength 4 weapons against them, they're going to require a red joker on a base strength 4. They're going to have to naturally flip a red joker, cheat in a red joker to remove a full fire team of Mahal Safari. That means it's a very low probability of, of it happening in a single attack to remove a full fire team of Mahals. Then to compound that further, 
they have Imperial bodyguards. So after any models are removed from a fire team in this unit, there's, as the result of the champion special rule, this unit gains a reinforcement token. So this unit is specifically designed to absorb casualties from Prince Inathi. So if the opponent is putting damage onto Prince Inathi, these guys, as long as he's within three and they, the fire on him is not accurate, he can go ahead, pull from them, and then he's they're immediately gaining, because of their rule, a reinforcement token to replenish those losses that they've suffered. Uh, then they have a melee attack, acting value 6 versus defense 2 inch range, strength 4. So we've talked a bit about strength 4 before on some of the other shows. I want to really dig into it here because this is the, the core of what makes the Mahal special and why you want them. So if we look at the other units that are in the box sets, uh, we've just talked about Jibbering Hordes. Their base strength is 3. Now they have a unit that can get up to strength 4 through some manipulation of their, uh, of their reinforcement tokens, but not natively. These guys are just natively strength 4. They're the same strength as the, uh, the Cult of the Burning Man's Warped base. Uh, I mean, the, the King's Empire can't get up to this strength. It doesn't have the strength natively in their box set. So that strength 4 is a big deal on a base unit of infantry that's already bringing you a lot. And then you add to it the fact that they have a very adept ranged attack. They are acting value 6 again, same as their melee. Defense 14, or, def or versus defense, 14-inch range, strength 3. So they're as good a shot as anything else. They, they provide a ranged attack in the game. They have the second longest range uh, of units that are available to people directly outside of the King's Empire. And they have strength 3 base. So again, very good. They have a strong melee attack, and they follow it up with a strong range attack. And so this is the versatility and the eliteness that you're getting from playing Abyssinian. It's played out right immediately in the box set with some of the best infantry you can get. And again, all in an armor 8 package which cannot be understated. Then again, on their front side, they also have, a on a mass trigger, the Protect. So you're going to move a friendly champion within 12 inches of this fire team up to 6 inches. If you do, you gain a tactics token. So immediately we see that there is direct synergy with having Mahal's nearby Prince Unathi. And nearby is a relative term. Really, if they can keep within 12, you want to have a unit of them within 3, most of the time. But they can move up, take a shot. If they do and they get that protect trigger off, you can move Anathi right up behind him and not waste his his orders potentially doing advances or or having to do a rush. You can you can cover quite a bit of ground just through them doing what they need to do. Uh, and don't forget this can make him move further or can move him back and move Unathi in and out of safety and move your other commanders in and out of safety. So this is a key point of this unit. This is really something you need to dig on is this protect trigger. And this is again all on their regular side. Now let's go to glory. So when we go to glory um, our speed stays the same. It's still speed 6. Our, our defense and willpower stay the same. Our armor goes up to 9. 
So again, now in order to move a full fire team of this, you have to get to strength five and flip a red joker. So really, you're not in threat of losing a full fire team until you get to the, the strength six threshold. And strength six is a hard road to cross for most units. But let's get back into what the Mahals are offering us. So we come back to their Tecoba attack, which is their melee attack. Active value 6 versus defense, still strength 4. We gain battle formation. Battle formation is a trigger on a ram. This action immediately gains plus 1 strength for every other fire team in this unit. Meaning if you are a full fire team, meaning you have 3 fire teams in your unit of Mahal on the table, even if they're all at 1, and you get a ram, this, unit, this attack goes to base strength 6. This is obliterating the opponent in melee. This is this is a huge win for you as a as a player. Uh, if you can get into it into melee, get a glory unit of these into melee with rams in your hand, you're going to do some severe damage. So then we come back over to the machine gun. Well, the machine gun is going to gain a mask on your acting value. So you're always going to have an, the acting value mask in there. Uh, again, we're still going to be range 14, still going to be strength 3. You still have the protect trigger on a mask, which is now built in. So now every time you're shooting and successful to hit, you're going to move a friendly champion within 12 of this fire team up to 6. And if you do, you're going to gain a tactics token. And then if you can flip a crow or cheat in a crow on the hit, uh, you're not only going to do that, you're going to give a friendly champion that's within six an inspired token. The best part is you get to move them before you have to check the range to have them gain an inspired token because you go down the list on the card, and the first thing listed is the protect action, then it's the serve. And finally, they're going to gain a morale action called defensive force, which is an acting value six versus a target number of 11. If this fire team is entirely on this company's side of the board, you draw a card. Then if you get a mask on this, you get skirmishers. You're going to move this fire team up to five inches, and then it may take a melee action if it is in range. This unit is a powerhouse. It is, again, a squad three, 80 millimeters, with three dudes on a fire team. So it's nine total wounds over three fire teams. With... Armor 9 in glory, armor 8 base. You get two units of Mahals. Uh, Mahals are a powerhouse within the game. And this isn't a, this isn't a faction that is a, power, a powerhouse infantry faction. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of other units as we talk about how to expand this box set and a lot of options. And it's hard to have bad Abyssinian infantry because they don't exist. <laughs> uh, the Mahals, I think, are the most versatile uh, in that they they're kind of the jack-of-all-trades master of none but give you quite a bit of options particularly on their glory side and there are no slouches in, in their regular formation uh, they are a fantastic unit for ninth script you're getting two of them in the box and kind of getting this synergy between them and your commander is critical to developing the skills that you need to play abyssinia well as you expand into the two commander game 
uh, and is, is definitely necessary to win box set fights. So I want to spend a little more time on these guys. And one of the things we're going to talk about in this section is the utilization of the Mahals as sort of the, the base of fire for your, for your units. So what I want to do is talk about their tactics into two particular box sets because I think they're important to talk about. Uh, the first box set is actually going to be the Jibbering Hordes box set. So Mahals have the ability to attack, them, to attack the opposing fire teams at range. Uh, this is very critical when engaging with the Jibbering Hordes because you want to minimize engagement with them until you have a definite advantage because they're so strong at pulling you around. The armor is going to save you a bit from hazardous terrain attacks, but that's, that's strength 3 hazardous, which can be problematic. This, the armor 8 is going to help save you from losing entire fire teams, but it won't help save you from losing um, a model or two potentially on those. So the positioning of them is going to be really critical in that matchup and sort of the understanding that goes into that matchup. And one of the things that helps into the Jibbering Hordes matchup is a stratagem that we're going to talk about uh, because I think it is critical in the in the box set game to understand what stratagems are going to be very helpful to you and what should be purchased early depending on the matchup. Uh, that particular stratagem I'm referring to is going to be activate defensive coils. Uh, so in this one, enemy fire teams that are within two of one or more of your company's fire teams are going to suffer a strength one hit. And then units uh, with any units with any fire teams that lose one or more models gain a shaken token from this attack. So we know the Jibbering Hordes box set doesn't have a lot of ranged attacks against us. They're going to want to draw us in with the Storm Siren, and then they're going to want to hit us with their Stripe Skulkers and finish us off with our with with their Karkinoi, Karkino. We are going to counter this by taking as early as we can the Activate Defensive Coils. Because what Activate Defensive Coil does is says, okay, if you want to get in melee with me, I'm going to go ahead and get a free Strength 1 hit against you, potentially give you a Shaken token. Oh, and by the way, I have Mahal Safari, and they're Strength 4 in melee. So they're going to be able to clear up your remnants pretty quickly if you aren't decisive in your attack against me. And so that's sort of one of the critical pieces, one of the critical anti-techs when you're dealing against the Jibbering Hordes. Uh, in the, particularly in the one commander box, that it's also very, very useful in the two commander game. Um, but when you're just talking about Allegiance blocks and Allegiance box, I think that's a critical interaction to understand uh, in terms of how you make your how you make the most of your box set battle. So let's talk about facing the uh, facing the King's Empire. The King's Empire are going to outrange you. This is this is just what is going to happen. It is this known thing. Your armor is going to really be critical in that match. You're going to want to keep high cards primarily for defensive purposes, and you're going to act like a very aggressive a very aggressive melee force because that's where your advantage is in the matchup. If you can get into melee with the two units of Royal Rifle Corps, you have a distinct advantage because you are strength four 
going against strength three. Your armor is better. Your melee strength is better than your opponent's. So in that instance, you want to close that gap as quick as you can. You don't want to sit there and get shot by the ranged faction. So in, against melee factions, we're going to want to shoot them and then finish with our clubs. In a ranged matchup, we're going to want to close that gap, crush them in melee, and then finish them off with our guns. Once we press their real range threat. So that's kind of how those matchups go. Into Cult, it's going to depend on what our opponent brings. Because Cult is one of those very interesting matches for Abyssinia where our armor helps us quite a bit against their high-strength attacks. We have high-strength melee attacks back. Uh, and then we have a strong mid-table mid, mid range game to kind of deal with their mobility a bit. So I really like the Abyssinian box set into the Cult of the Burning Man box set. I think there's a, a little bit of a give and take in that particular relationship. There's some things you want to look at in terms of um, things like Battlefield Map, uh, which is a, an asset you can give your commander at the start of the game that lets you maneuver a unit. Um, we're going to talk about something that kind of helps a bit in that matchup, which, are, which is the next unit we're going to discuss, which is our Crow Runners. So Crow Runners are the light infantry of Abyssinia, and they are a very interesting package of rules. Um, they are speed 6, defense 5. You may remember that stat line from the uh, Mahal Safari, as we just talked about. They are only willpower 5, though, base, and they are, most shockingly, only armor 6. So they do not have the armor advantage that uh, the Mahals do. However, they do get a quite strong advantage called Scout Ahead. So at the start of the turn, fire teams in this unit may move up to their speed. So at the beginning of every turn, they are going to get it to move up to their speed. So one of the important things is this movement is going to be generated not from an action, but from an ability. Or not from, a, not from an order, but from an ability. And as such, they will not trigger disengaging strikes. So you can use them to engage an opponent, stop them from moving, and then active, or then at the start of the turn, move away, or move into engagement with something. So they can really be a very critical harassment piece for you. Um, additionally, they can move onto an objective after being uh, engaged with an opponent. Those type of things where they can really become a, a, a giant hassle-style unit. Uh, for the opponent. Uh, again, keeping with the theme of, of uh, Abyssinia, they're going to have both a melee attack and a ranged attack. Now, a couple interesting things with the Crow Runners. The Crow Runners are uh, an interesting piece in that they can deliver two types of tokens to the opponent. So, they come standard with their serrated knives, acting value 5 versus defense, 2-inch range, uh, only a strength 2, but the target is going to gain a shaken token, and then on a ram, this action gains accurate immediately. Uh, additionally, they have their shotguns, again, acting value 5, versus defense, a range of 12, and again, a strength of 2. But on a margin value of 4, the target is going to gain a pin token. And again, these guys are a squad 3, so there's 3 fire teams, they're 80mm fire teams, of 3 uh, people apiece. 
because the Abyssinian army is a mixed force in that they have both men and women serving in their armed forces, and that is modeled uh, directly into the models of the game. So I think that is really cool to have everyone defending uh, Abyssinia uh, in the armed forces, anyone that wants to can, essentially. So then they can also... Uh, there are six, six script units, so that you're not paying a ton for that. You're, you're paying uh, your script basically for the armor, uh, for the armor six and the, and the, uh, the versatility, the ability to put out the, the tokens. Then they get really crazy if they can get to glory. Uh, in glory, they retain their scout ahead, which again is that uh, movement at the start of the turn. Their base stats get a lot better. Um, we retain the movement six. We go up to defense six. We go up to willpower six. And we go to armor seven. So we get that one additional point of critical armor, uh, which is definitely huge for the for the crows when they go into glory. Again, to put it in perspective, Royal Rifle Corps base armor seven. So they get the same armor and glory that a nine point unit does on a six point unit. So something to definitely think about. And they're resourceful. Uh, so when this unit activates, it may discard a card. If it does, it gains two inspired tokens. Pretty awesome for a unit that's gonna that's built to hit things, win by margin, and provide tokens to it, uh, and potentially do a little bit of chip damage with strength too. I'm not really expecting it to take out fire teams, um, just because of how the the strength mechanics work, but I am expecting it to take out a guy or two, uh, be a good harassment vehicle, and and run some potentially run some objectives for me. Uh, run some interference screen uh, in the uh, the match against the cult. That pre-turn movement is going to be helpful for jumping on top of the portal marker to uh, potentially stop the opponent from utilizing it or being in a position where they want to. Uh, they Again, on the glory side, they're going to have their serrated knife. Uh, again, the same as the front of the card, active value 5, still a precise trigger or precision trigger on a ramp. Uh, again, their shotgun gets a little bit better. They go up to, they go up to acting value 6 from acting value 5 in glory. Um, they go, again, strength 2, and again, on a difference of 4, margin of 4, they're going to have the opponent gain a pink token. Then they're going to gain a morale action lead the way, which is a 6 versus a 12 target number. 12 entrains a target-friendly fire team, and another unit may move up to its speed. And then on a margin of 5, they get the go-go-go trigger, uh, the target may take an action. So this is a pretty powerful ability. A um, couple of things that are, that are kind of critical to lead the way. Uh, Target-friendly fire team in another unit moves up to its speed. This means you can move a commander. because It is, it is a target-friendly fire team in another unit. Uh, when you get up to a larger game, you can have it move a titan because it's a friendly fire team in another unit. Uh, you could have it move a Marauder, uh, because again, it's a friendly fire team in another unit. And so this ability gets really crazy outside of the one-box game. In the one-box game, or the one-commander game, still a real strong little ability on the whole for in a six-point unit. And so I think that these guys are a unit that you've got to play with a little bit. You're going to need some table time with them, because everything they do isn't readily apparent until you get into some game situations. And then things like Scout Ahead, Scout Ahead start making some real tactical choices, so very interesting. 
Um, you can do things like be engaged with a unit at the start of the turn, um, move behind them, and then go charge something in their rear, uh, forcing pressure on their commander that they may not may have thought was was safe. Um, you can do things like pulling back to an objective and then moving back to your position uh, after you've had one of your fire teams grab the objective for you. Again, things like that that kind of help interfere with the opponent, uh, help interfere with their plans. You can, uh, again, when they're glory, you can move items, their speed, that and put them in a position where you didn't think they could be. Uh, one of the other things to keep in mind with this is, again, because you're moving another friendly fire team up to its speed, if it's a squad, the other members of its fire team get to move that distance by half. So, like in the in the event of the Mahal Safari, one of them is going to move six inches, the other guys are going to move three, because they have to maintain a distance of eight they're going to. Uh, you know, so you can get some real additional threat range out of this very simple ability on the glory side. And again, you're going to be throwing a, you could throw a prototype on these guys, potentially get them to glory off of a, a longer range attack or carrying a rocket or, or something like that. And then their, their value starts going through the roof in the one box game. So one of the things that I find um, kind of critical is making sure that you're using the crows in the one box game in a specific role on the table. You want to you make sure you're defining what they're doing um, as quickly as you can. They are not a great unit to rush into the jaws of the enemy. They're just not statted to be able to hold up against an opponent long term. They are very good as a unit to kind of throw out there, bait the opponent into committing, um, particularly a melee opponent into committing, and then using your Mahals to, to swoop in and mop up. Uh, they're also very, very good at grabbing an objective early and putting scenario pressure on. Uh, they're fairly good at holding down a flank in terms of running up a flank, getting getting to the opponent's half of the board quickly, and getting past the opponent's guns as you advance with your Mahal. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of different things you can do with the Crows, and I want you to kind of spend some time there and, and look at... You know, the, the core of the ability on the front of the card. The front of the card is not overly impressive. Where you really start getting some interesting things is on the glory side. So how do we get them gloried quickly? Well, I think the answer is in the prototypes. Um, because their their base stats aren't stellar. You know, their base stats are really only 5 acting value. Which isn't that far off from a 4 acting value on one of the two... Uh, prototypes that I really consider putting on them nearly every game, particularly in the one-box game, which would be uh, the experimental rockets, or if you want to get, based on their ranges they're naturally going to be at, they're a very good candidate for the discus grenade. Uh, and the reason for that is it gives them something that is a higher acting value than their natural stat. And if you can give them something that's higher value than their natural stat, it stands to reason that that's going to be a more efficient attack than their base attack is, and they're still going to get their base attack because of how versatile works. So something to consider there for sure.
uh, as you're building out your, your one commander force. So again, the box set is, is really going to play well, uh, essentially using the two Mahals in support of each other with Unafi keeping up with them. And Unafi is going to be using his uh, call for reinforcements to help keep the, the Mahals in check and in power, uh, keep them at full strength. He's going to use his uh, field test to help uh, get a volume of attacks out on the table to take down uh, the opponent as rapidly as possible, get the card draw going. You're going to utilize all of your Allegiance card, uh, probably more so than, than most of the Allegiance boxes at the start, simply because almost everything is built around how your you know how your units are going to naturally interact and want to interact because you've got two triggers that are that are critical that the allegiance card gives you on all of your actions which is again radio enemy movement to draw a card on a tome and then to go to glory which is eureka it's a march in six this unit flips to glory so those are those are really critical abilities in Abyssinia and to play Abyssinia well. And the box set again, I'm going to repeat this on nearly every single episode that we break these down, is really well built to not only teach you and inform you of how Abyssinia is going to play. Abyssinia is going to play a very elite style crew that is going to be good at quite a few things. Uh, you're going to never feel like you have enough of them. You're going to feel like you're paying an expensive price for them. But <coughs> You're going to get some card draw that the opponent isn't going to get, and you're going to get some, uh, you know, you're going to get some prowess in both melee and ranged on nearly every single one of your unit, and that versatility and that extra armor bump for the most part is really what you're paying for, uh, and really where you're going to start out qualitying your opponent's uh, potential quantity as you get further into the game as, as we go into the two commander games. So, so I think that really wraps up uh, my thoughts on the Allegiance box. It is a, it is a fantastic box set and definitely the, the perfect starting point to begin your Abyssinian army. So let's go ahead and talk about, after we have a quick break, let's go ahead and talk about where you expand this force to. All about how my life got flipped, turned upside down And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air Welcome back, let's talk buying guide For uh, expanding your force to two commanders So, Abyssinia has an embarrassment of riches When it comes to uh, expansion of the force Because there's really a lot of different ways you can go uh, the first place that I would go to expand your force is really kind of making a decision on the next infantry that you're going to purchase. Um, one of the ones I, I recommend a lot and have recommended a lot are the electric, electrocutioners. Uh, they're a 10-point unit, which is one of the reasons I recommend them, because they give you quite a bit of jolt of points. Uh, they are, again, a three-man or a three-fire team squad, uh, each fire team consisting of three individuals, so again, a, a nine-wound uh, unit over three fire teams. 
they are speed 7, defense 5, again, willpower 6. That 5-6 defense-willpower combination is, is pretty well standard in the faction. So when we see deviation from it, it it's important to note. Uh, and then they are armor 8 base. So again, real strong advanced armor up front. They are technophiles, so fire teams in this unit do not need to discard a card to use actions on prototype assets. So one of the interactions that they have uh, that should be blatantly obviously obvious to you if you've read Prince and Office card, we just got them discussing him, is because they don't require the card to be discarded to take the action on a prototype, he can have them field test, and then uh, he's going to draw a card. And because there was no discard before, this becomes a draw engine for him. Uh, they have a melee attack, <coughs> acting value 9 versus defense, strength 2, but margin value 3, arcing electricity. This action immediately gains plus 1 strength. And this trigger may be declared multiple times. So they have an acting value 9 on their melee attack. Uh, their base strength is weak, but the expectation is you're going to be upping that strength fairly easily through arcing electricity uh, trigger on the margin. And then on a crow, they have the electrocute trigger, which is target is going to gain a shaken token. And then, of course, you're waiting for it. They do have a range attack. They have lightning rifles. This is a... Uh, a 6 acting value versus defense, uh, 12 inch range, strength 3, so again the critical strength 3, the average strength 3, uh, area attack. So they're going to be able to put pressure on your opponent through area pulses once they hit them. Uh, <coughs> this increases their versatility quite a bit and really gives them a unique place in the force as area is not overly available in squad damage outside of the Electrocutioners. When they go to Glory, they get a little more insane. So their speed is going to go up from 7 to 8. Their defense is going to go up from 5 to 6. Their willpower is going to remain at 6. Their armor is going to remain at 8. They're going to retain Technophile. Their charge claws are going to go up to acting value 10 from 9. Uh, they'll retain the triggers that they had previously, again, Arc and Electricity on a margin 3, and then elect Electrocute on a, uh, a, a Crow. Their Lightning Rifle is going to remain in Active Value 6 versus Defense, 12-inch uh, range. Still Strength 3, still Area. On a Ram, though, it's going to gain a trigger, uh, Electrical Storm. Every unit within 6 inches of the target is going to gain a Pin Token. This is a huge ability. Not only are you doing Area Damage, but now you're going out and you're doing pin token damage to everything, every enemy within six of that target. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, it's a little less good into an armored whelk uh, based gibbering hordes force. But if your opponent hasn't brought uh, you know anti pin tech against you, this is huge. Uh, you know into into other matchups. This is a really strong ability. And then they get uh, probably the funniest ability in the game in terms of what the reference is, is the morale action 1.21 gigawatts, which is an active A6 versus a target number 14. Enemy fire teams within pulse 6 are going to suffer a strength 3 hit that cannot be cheated, and they're going to gain a shaken token. You're then going to place this fire team within 12 inches. So... Other special note, when you place one of your fire teams, and it happens to be part of a squad, 
uh, your other fire teams in the squad are going to place some base contact with you. So this is a way to gain quite a bit of movement for your entire force. Uh, there's a mass trigger for Rampage. The, tar the fire team takes a melee attack against a target in range. And then on a 5 margin, we change history. Uh, you're going to discard two cards and remove one marker from play. So you're going to get some marker manipulation with these guys. They're quite fun uh, in a one-commander game. They're, they're a lot of fun in a two-commander game. Uh, again, they give you a, a quite a bit of bang for your buck in terms of uh, points to ability ratio. Uh, they give you, again, a familiar setup uh, for your force. And a really something I think is, is a good early purchase. One of the other things that I, I will recommend to you as you get into uh, Abyssinia is definitely make sure you're picking up a few of their adjunct model. Uh, the adjunct model for Abyssinia is the Abyssinian Engineer. He is an adjunct, so he's going to have epic death scene. Uh, so when this unit's model is removed, it's damaged. Uh, counts as removing two models. Uh, it's got a prototype shield generator. This is a huge rule. Uh, when this unit ends its activation, it draws a card. So, just for having this guy in the unit, and that unit activating, doesn't matter what it does, uh, you get to draw a card at the end of the activation. Additionally, yeah, he's going to give you a once per activation, this fire team containing this unit uh, may take, you know, its adjunct model may take an action listed on the asset in addition to any other actions it can take. And that is the experimental rifle range attack. Again, active value 6 versus defense, 18-inch range, strength 3, piercing, and ignores cover. And it ignores cover. Um, so again, good strong range attack to go into any of your units, particularly your Mahal Safari. Uh, really gives you some, some strong options of versatility. And again, that card draw is such gravy on top of the bonus attack. It is, it's really uh, about the best thing you can spend uh, a script on. And, and as such, I recommend getting a few of them uh, as an early purchase for your, for your, uh, your build-out. Uh, so the next thing to really consider is which of the heavy infantry you want to invest in. So there are two quote-unquote heavy infantry options in... Uh, Abyssinia. And these are combined arms units. And combined arms is kind of an interesting concept in the other side. Essentially what it lets you do is have a unit that is comprised of different things. Uh, in the case of mechanized infantry, which is the first heavy unit we're going to talk about, uh, they're cost eight, so they're actually cheaper than bringing Mahal Safari. And we'll kind of go over why here momentarily. They are a squad two with combined arms walker. Uh, they are on their squad two. They are two 80 millimeter fire teams of three guys each, and then their combined arms is the walker, and the walker is an 80 millimeter Titan fire team. So let's go over the stats real quick for the two fire team bases. They are speeds up. Speed 7, uh, Defense 5, Willpower 5, Armor 8. So a little weaker, a little bit speedier than the uh, than the Mahals, but a little bit weaker 
uh, morale-wise than the Mahal's base. Same defense. Uh, they're going to have tracer rounds, which each fire team in this unit takes a ranged action. Other fire teams in this unit gain plus one AV when taking an action against fire teams in this target in the target's unit. This activation. So basically, as fire teams in this unit take AV actions, they're going to gain or gain ranged actions. They're going to gain plus one AV when taking an action against fire team in the target to unit this activation. So <sighs> this ability is really critical to their understanding of the game is because they're going to raise their ability to shoot as they take more actions against the opponent. They have battle spears, uh, so again they're going to get a melee attack. Their melee attack is quite significantly weaker than the Mahal Safari. Uh, they have an acting value of 5, and a range of 2, and only a strength of 3, where the Mahals are giving you an acting value of 6 and a strength of 4. So that's a, that's a critical difference. It's one of the reasons that these, guys are, these guys are less costed uh, than Mahals are. They have a machine gun. You'll you may remember this uh, from the Mahals uh, because it's the same attack. It's a strength 6 versus defense, 14-inch range, strength 3. However, the trigger is different. Uh, open wound. Immediately increase the strength of this action by 1 per ram in the final dual total. This is important because the walker is going to grant the unit uh, some interesting abilities while it is in the, in the squad. So it is a Titan, but it is not a squad. It is in the squad. It is part of a squad unit, but it itself is not a squad. It is a Titan. So it cannot be used to shuck wounds onto. You can't shuck wounds onto a giant piece of metal. I'm sorry. Uh, it has a stat line of 7 speed, 5 defense, 6 willpower, and armor 10. <coughs> it is shielded. Uh, so when this fire team suffers damage, you may discard a crow to reduce the damage by 1. It has versatile tactics. Any number of times per duel, fire teams in this unit, therefore, because it says this unit, it is granting that ability to the other members of its unit. May reduce their margin value by 2 to add a suit of their choosing to the final duel total. Then it has recover soulstone. After this fire team is killed, by an opponent's action or ability, draw a card. Has a melee attack because Abyssinia has stomp. It's a acting value 5 versus defense, 2-inch range, strength 2. Just going to try and crush it with its little foot. Uh, and then it has literally crush on a crow. Uh, this action immediately gains accurate. And it has battle cannon, uh, which is an acting value 6 ram versus defense, 36-inch range. Strength 3 Piercing has Bombardment on a ram. Target discards a token of your choice, so you can uh, very easily pick off tokens because it's built in. And then on a double mask, it has Relentless Assault, where you can take this action again. So the Titan is doing a lot of things for its unit. Uh, it's providing versatile tactics. And by contrast, its unit is doing a lot of things for it through... Tracer rounds. Again, tracer rounds is each fire team in this unit. Again, a fire team in this unit is the combined arms walker are going to take a range attack. Other fire teams in this unit gain plus one AV 
when taking an action against fire teams in the target unit. Each time a fire team in this unit takes an action, other fire teams in this unit gain plus one AV when taking an action against fire teams in the target unit this activation. So again, the more you shoot at them, everybody's shooting at them, every time that somebody is firing, the next fire team gets plus one AV for that action. So if you give them, say, a adjunct who's going to give them an action, and you give them a prototype, and you have your first unit, your first fire team, take a shot, and it uses the prototype action. Or it, take a shot, and let's <clears throat> say so you give them a rocket launcher. And then the next unit goes, or the next fire team goes, that one has the adjunct. The adjunct is going to fire at plus one. The other fire team, or the, the base attack is going to fire at plus one. Then you're going to get to the battle engine, and the battle engine is going to be firing at plus three. Or the, uh, the walkers will be firing at plus three. And so it really is a strong, strong unit. So let's talk about the glory side of these guys. In glory, uh, they're going to go up to, their speed's going to stay the same at speed seven. They're going to go up to defense six. Uh, they're going to go up to willpower six, and they're going to go to, go to armor eight. So a very respectable stat line. Uh, they're going to salvage parts. If this unit's combined arms fire team is killed, it may discard a card to gain a reinforcement token. So again, they can sort of auto-reinforce if they get to glory. Uh, and then they have tracer rounds again, same ability. Again, they're going to retain their battle sphere. Uh, on their glory side, which again is going to be active value 5 versus defense, 2-inch range, strength 3. So no real change there. Then on their machine gun, uh, it's going to virtually stay the same. We're still going to have open wound, but we're going to gain the margin trigger of 3 for rapid fire to take this action again. So these guys are more of a more of a ranged, a dedicated ranged unit than the Mahal Safari are. The, the Mahal Safari are going to give you some greater versatility and a little bit of an edge towards melee combat and survivability because they're going to get an armor bump at glory where by contrast the mechanized infantry are going to be a little quicker uh, they're going to be a little more geared towards range attacks again tracer rounds is pretty much lending you down the fact that they are uh, a ranged unit you have the walker which has a little bit better extreme range uh, you have the the walkers uh, granite ability uh, that is going to be able to let you uh, dictate uh through margin, through through the use of margin, um, giving them their triggers automatically on range attacks, uh, pretty powerful stuff overall. Uh, but again, in a package, it costs one less than the halls. So they're an interesting, they're an interesting choice. They are going to be a little bit more expensive monetarily because they're going to consist of two squads or two fire teams, and then a third fire team that's a titan. Uh, that's going to be a larger size model than the. Uh, than the mechanized infantry, and so that's that's something that you do have to do have to reckon with it in terms of am I going to if, if I'm buying these am I justifying it and those type of things. Uh, I am a I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, I picked up two uh, in my pledge. Uh, I would recommend them 
as a place to, to definitely start um, putting some putting some money into. But I would wait until after you actually put in uh, at least one Dreadnought, which is our Titan for the for the the Kingdom of Abyssinia. Um, Titans are not required in terms of the factions or the games themselves. Definitely not something you have to have. But I feel Abyssinia really takes huge advantage of Titans and is sort of geared toward them in, in so that their heavier infantry also come with a, with a little Titan. And then we have a very strong and versatile large-scale Titan that, that really can pour on uh, the attacks. And I've talked a lot about the Titan before on other episodes, so we'll touch again on it here. Uh, it is a giant mobile gun platform. You can build it out a number of different ways. Uh, it can it can fulfill virtually any role in your army that you need it to fulfill. Uh, there are some definite tricks to it. You can you can take one for very cheap in terms of only giving it one or two assets, and then buy a a, a stratagem that lets you bring it back with two assets on it when you've only really paid for one. There's there's some manipulation and some things you can do within the game on them, but at its core, it is a giant death ball that is coming at your opponent. You're using it to dump pin tokens on them through its mounted gunner attacks. Uh, you're using it to run over them with its with your crushing legs. You're you know just putting attack after attack after attack into them. Uh, because of the way that the mounted gunner upgrades work in conjunction with it. And I am a huge fan of the Dreadnought. Uh, I'm a huge fan of two Dreadnoughts. Uh, a lot of my Abyssinian armies start that way. Yours do not have to. Uh, I have had great success with pure infantry ones. But there's a lot of different ways you can go. And I would suggest building out your infantry first and then start looking at uh, getting one of the Titans if you if you want to. Um, the other unit, the other heavy infantry unit that I want to talk about, which again is combined arms, is Steel Legion. Steel Legion are the most expensive unit in the game, let alone Abyssinia in terms of script cost. They are they are script cost 12, and it is well founded. Uh, they are speed 6, they are defense 5, willpower 7, base armor 9. So before any going to glory... Any of that stuff, they are armor nine, so they are one of the heaviest armored units in the game that is not a titan. So it's just a squad, and again, they are a squad of two, uh, 80 millimeter bases with three guys on them each, and a combined arms fire team that is the cutter, which is again an 80 millimeter walker or an 80 millimeter titan. They themselves have buzz saws. They have a which is an active value seven versus defense, two inch reach. Melee attack, strength five, piercing. The target gains a shaken token. Uh, an incredibly strong attack. They have machine guns. They have active value seven again, best uh, active value on a machine gun you can get in Abyssinia on a base side. A seven fourteen inch range, strength three. Uh, they have rapid fire trigger on a margin of three, which is take this action again. And then also on a margin of three, they have shock troops. Uh, once other one friendly fire team engaged with the target may take a melee action against the enemy fire team. So this is encouraging you to attack the opponent. 
and and utilize your cutter up up in its face. So let's go over the cutter real quick. So the cutter is a Titan. It is a combined arms fire team. It is not a squad, but it is part of the squad. It has the shielded special rule at speed seven, defense six, armor or willpower seven, and armor eleven. Again, it has the shielded rule when fire teams suffer damage. You may discard a crow to reduce that damage. It has battle engine. After another fire team, this unit is killed by an enemy action. This fire team may move up to its speed and take an action after resolving the current action. Has buzz saws for days. Again, one of the best ability names in the game. Uh, range attack. It is an eight ram versus defense, two inch reach. Strength five, piercing. Target gains a shaken token. On a mask, it gains whirl of death. If this action killed the target, move the fire team up to three inches. If it is this fire team's activation, you can take this action again. And then it has Shred. Uh, you may take this action again. It cannot declare triggers. So Shred is really strong. Uh, because again, it's letting you automatically take another attack against the same unit. Because that is built in on your normal side. And it has Fling Blush Saw again, a ranged attack. Uh, acting value 7 versus defense, 10 inch range, strength 3. If the target is in glory, you flip it from glory. Uh, the cutter is a powerhouse. Uh, and so are the Steel Legion. So if we go to the glory side, go to the other side of them. Again, speed 6, defense 5, willpower 7, armor 9. So no real stat changes, but we do gain quite a bit of ability, add ability bonus. We get perfect coordination. This unit does not need to discard a card to shoot into engagement. Its own fire teams are involved in. So all of a sudden, the brutality of shock troopers really becomes apparent, uh, particularly because your cutter is a fire team in your unit. And thus, it can be an other friendly fire team engaged with the target and can take a melee action against the enemy fire team which is actually going to be two because it has a built-in shred ability. <laughs> Again, uh, buzz saws uh, go up. Their buzz saws are retained. Everything is the same except on the in glory side, they gain a crow trigger, which is brutal dismemberment. All enemy units with a fire team within three inches of this fire team gain a shaken token. So they are just putting out shaken tokens for days. Uh, they, again, are going to have the exact same triggers and stat line on the machine gun, uh, the 7 versus defense, and again, rapid fire and shock troops. They're going to gain a morale action, which is calibrate battle engine, and it's a 6 versus 11. You're going to draw two cards, reveal them to their opponent. Every ram, this unit's combined arm fire team gains plus 1 strength until the end of this activation. This is a great way to replenish your hand. Uh, I mean, your opponent's going to see the cards, but you're going to retain them because you're drawing them. And you're just upping the strength of what is already one of the best models in the game in the cutter. Uh, on the glory side, the cutter retains shielding. Uh, retains battle engine. It gains charge soul stone. So if this fire team kills one or more enemy models, you draw a card. <coughs> its buzzsaw goes up to acting value 9, ram. Uh, again, retains strength 5, piercing. Target gains a shaken token. 
uh, retains Whirling Death and retains Shred. And then its Fling Buzzsaws go up to Acting Value 8 uh, versus Defense against, again, 10-inch range, Strength 3. And if the target is in Glory, it flips from, from Glory. This is absolutely a brutal unit. Uh, I I love the Steel Legion. They are a little expensive for how they sometimes perform on the table. I have gotten a lot of value out of them. I've gotten more than 12 points of value out of them. And I've also had games where they have been focused down by my opponent. So there's definitely counterplay against them. It's not like you take this unit and automatically win. There's, there's definitely counterplay. But it is an investment you have to protect. And if you're not willing to protect the investment, then don't make the investment. So I, I tend to prioritize, for me, I would prioritize getting the mechanized infantry and your Dreadnought over getting the Steel Legion. The Steel Legion would be probably a later pickup in my buy order. Um, definitely a unit that's high on my buy order is the Rail Gunner. Uh, Rail Gunner is a little two-point two unit. Uh, it is a 50 millimeter fire team. It has a 30-inch uh, gun on it with strength 3 piercing. Uh, with a margin three powerful shot, uh, the action gained plus one. This one immediately gains plus one strength. Uh, this trigger may be declared multiple times. And the real gem on the card is the morale action of extra power, uh, which is a six versus four draw card. So if you've been paying attention at home, if you have a four of tomes, and you use it on that, you're going to draw a card for meeting the target number, and you're going to draw a card from radio and enemy movements. So you can get two card draw out of these guys every turn for a low, 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 uh, four plus of tomes. That's a pretty good deal on the whole. And it's got a nice little gun, uh, glory side. Uh, every time it only has its range attack on its glory side. And when you take the action, you flip from glory, uh, unless you discard a card. And on that, you're going to go to active value 12 versus defense. It's going to give you, again, a 30-inch range, strength 3 piercing, and the powerful shot trigger. Its base active value is 6. Um, speed 4, defense 4, willpower 5, armor 7. I really love this unit. It's a very cool-looking model, and it's card draw. And card draw is really good, and then if it needs to be, it's a gun. And that's... All things you can use. There's two two script. It's it's really good. It's really good. Uh, we'll talk about one of my favorite units. Uh, again, fairly high on my buy order is going to be the uh, Bethoso Cav. So, you know, long and the short, you're going to want everything for Abyssinia. Um, if I'm going to give you a, a how to build out your your force, kind of a roadmap, what I would recommend is getting yourself a unit of the Bethoso Cav four script unit. You're going to get a mechanized infantry eight script unit. You're going to get a you're going to get three of the Abyssinian engineers. <coughs> And I'd recommend picking up a Dread. And then uh, Lord of Steel and call it a day. 
and that's going to be be the two commander force quickest way to get to a two commander force um, that I'd recommend for you pretty easily. Um, additional way you can go if you don't want to be buying um, a dreadnought, you get the electrocutioners, you get a again the three engineers. You get uh, some mechanized infantry, and you buy yourself the the Basoso Cav. Um, the Basoso Cav are a unit that are exceedingly good at, at exploiting breakthroughs and running objectives. Uh, additionally, they can put uh, pin tokens on the opponent. They can box out areas of movement because they're two two hundred twenty millimeter bases that are squads they are cost four in terms of scripts they're very economical uh, from that standpoint they are uh, they have a nice little melee attack their range attack doesn't do any damage but it's against willpower and it gives out pin tokens for days and that's really good they are light cavalry units so they're not really going to be doing a lot of damage they're going to be exceedingly good at harassment, locking the enemy down, denying enemy movement. Um, because, again, that, those big bases, they can interfere with terrain um, and kind of keep an opponent from, or force an opponent to have to either take them out or, uh, or go a different way. And that can be really good for your force, and they're really good at screening. So, really, the only unit that I haven't talked about is, is this is kind of morphed into uh, what you buy and you know going through the units themselves uh, the Marauder. The Marauder is an 80 millimeter fire team it is 3 script, it is speed 9, defense 5, willpower 6, armor 8, it is a 2 seater uh, so fire teams in this unit may take any type of action instead of just a melee action when given the rush order so they can shoot you for days, they can afterburn you for days or they can rush and flip an objective for you. And so they become a premium objective runner for Abyssinia. They have heavy machine gun. It is a strength 4 machine gun. It is a active value 5 versus defense, 18 inch range, a strafe 1. This one, a margin 1, this model moves 1 inch. Uh, this trigger can be declared multiple times. And on a mass, they have automatic fire where you can take this action again. And then they have tactical action afterburn, 6 versus 12. Uh, target number, move this fire team up to its speed. So to kind of put this in perspective, if they rush, they can go 18 inches. Then they could afterburner to go another 8 inches. So 8 plus 8. So a 20 inch, 26 inch threat potential there on a rush. That's nothing to sneeze at. Then if we go over to the glory side of the unit, uh, again, we go up to speed 10. Uh, again, defense 5, willpower 6, armor 9. Uh, everything stays the same except for afterburner, uh, which gains a margin 4 trigger for wildfire. Take the heavy machine gun action. Uh, that's pretty strong all the way around. Uh, so Abyssinia as a faction is really all killer and virtually no filler. Um, from that perspective, we've talked a lot about this particular faction outside of the Lord of Steel and Casa Okate, Okoye. Uh, so let's talk about the Lord of Steel. 
Uh, Lord of Steel is one of my favorite commanders. Um, to me, he is the commander that you picked up second. Uh, he is 25 script. He has speed 9, defense 6, willpower 6, armor 9. He is tactics 1, so he's only giving you one tactics to tactics token when he activates but he has brilliant mind you're going to reduce the tactic cost of any stratagem purchased by this company by one and again that is to a minimum of one so you're always going to have to pay something for your stratagem but he makes a two cost stratagem go down to one uh and a spear of a he has a spear of ages melee attack six inch range versus defense two inches uh it is a strength five this has open wounds on a ram uh, immediately increase the strength of this action by one per ram in the final duel total. He has a melee or a uh, tactical action or morale action, which is take to the skies six versus twelve. Place this fire team anywhere within twelve inches, and then a powerful thrusters, which is a margin of three. Immediately increase the distance this fire team may be placed within eighteen. So he is an objective monster. So he can jump. He can move nine inches jump an additional 12 to 18 inches, and then interact with a marker. He is incredible. Um, additionally, when he goes to glory, he goes up to speed 10. He goes to def he's still defense 6, willpower 6, and goes up to armor 10. Uh, his, spear his battle spear goes to acting value 7 with a ram built in. Uh, he gains sight to behold on a tome. Uh, target friendly units with an 8 gain an inspired token. Your target from the unit with any kids in the Spire token. On that trigger, he gets a uh, <coughs> Shrapnel Grenade, range attack. 10 versus speed. 8 inch range, strength 2 area. Uh, he gets Relentless, which is on a ram. Places Fire Team into base contact with the target and perform a melee attack action. And again, he has to Take to the Skies. Uh, with, again, active value going up to 8 versus 12. Place the Fire Team into him in 12 inches. On a margin of 3, still has the power of thrusters where you can increase that di distance to 18. And then on a mask, the fire team takes a melee attack against a target in range. So he is an utter beast. And then we have our dual commander, which is Casa Okoye. O-K-O-Y-E. So I'm sure I'm butchering it. Uh, but it is speed 7. She has speed 7, uh, defense 5, willpower 5, armor 8. She has spare parts. When a friendly titan within 12 inches flips an asset or discards one or more assets, draw a card. Uh, modified machine gun, 6 inch or six versus defense, 14 inch range, strength 2. Target gains pin token. It gains armor piercing on a ram. This target immediately gains piercing. And then it has divert power. Uh, 5 versus 10. Magical, attack, magical action, uh, 12 inch range. Target friendly titan performs an action of this fire team's choice. And then if we go to Glory with her, she goes she speed 7, defense 6, willpower 6, armor 8, uh, retains spare parts, gains backup plan with a friendly non-combined arms. Titan is killed. Choose and draw a stratagem of unmodified cost, tag cost 3 or less. Uh, her modified machine gun gains a tome, so it's always going to draw a card in the Abyssinian faction. Uh, again, strength 2, gain a pin token. Gains armor piercing on a ram and then rapid fire. Take the action again on the margin of three. Again, divert power goes up to base base AV six versus ten, and gains full power on a crow. The target gains an inspired token, and then she also gains a, a morale action. Emergency repairs three inches. Target friendly Titan flips an asset of your choice. 
If you flip an asset in this way, draw a card. On a margin of 5, it gets sturdier players. Flip an additional asset to the target. So Casa really wants to work with Titans. And this is reflected in her, her assets. And so a discussion of, of uh, Casa has to be done in the context of the assets that she can take. So her asset for Abyssinia, her Abyssinian-based asset, is her power output sensors, uh, which is interesting. Really, once per activation, when this unit discards a tactics token to flip another card, you may draw the card not used in the conflict instead of discarding it. When this unit activates, you may discard a card. If you do so, draw a card. That's the odd results. And that is a disable two, cost one. Um, kind of an interesting little little tidbit with her on the whole. And then because she's combined arms, you can or because she is dual faction, you can bring in her asset from uh bringing her asset from King's Empire. And on that asset, she's going to gain additional tactics tokens for every Titan that you've brought, or every Titan that is on the field, uh, up to a maximum of plus two. So she goes from tactics two to tactics four, which can be very strong in the correct build. Uh, and you're a, faction, you're a faction already in Abyssinia that has no issue running two Titans. Casa makes those Titans better. <coughs> Maybe worth a look if you want to run a, a Titan-heavy force as your second commander. Uh, additionally, she gets to let you bring in all the fun stuff from King's Empire, uh, which will be something we'll be discussing in a future show. So that kind of wraps up Abyssinia. Uh, that was a long, winding road uh, to get there. I am a huge Abyssinian fan, if you cannot tell. We're going to do these some more in-depth. Um, I think there's definitely some, some show topics that have come out of this particular episode in terms of uh, which unit over which. And if you have a tactics token, you can make a coordinated strike.